0: Welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, the latest on shares, markets and investments, now available on your Amazon Alexa.
1: Hello and welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, now also available on the UK Investor Magazine mobile app. For today's podcast, we're going to be discussing a number of UK equities as well as the biggest themes out there in markets at the moment. And to do that, we're kindly joined once more by Alan Green. Alan, thank you for being with us this morning. Good
0: morning, John. Good to be back.
1: So, Alan, there's a, a lot going on in markets. We're seeing a particularly busy week as we get back mm. into the swing of things here in uh, in mid-January. Um, I think we're going to be looking, focusing here on, on, on UK markets. There's quite a lot happening there, looking at the FTSE 100. But before we do that, it is worth mentioning uh, what's quite... Uh, uh, attractive bit of news for people that are looking at the metaverse and what that could mean um, going forward. Of course, Facebook have changed their name to Meta, and we have this new concept of the metaverse, uh, which is becoming increasingly popular. We're starting to see companies here in London mention the metaverse in their R&Ss and, and trying to align themselves uh, with this new concept, well, not particularly new, but one that's very much becoming um popular. We saw yesterday the announcement of the biggest cash takeover of the pandemic, and that was the takeover of Activision by Microsoft. Now um Alan, before we sort of go too much into the, the UK side of things and the dates that we're seeing coming out, let's just sort of have a quick look at this. I mean in, in your view, when you're seeing takeovers like this, is this really uh, reaffirm that we're going to be seeing uh, companies align themselves with the concept of uh, of the metaverse. And is this something that is reserved for the largest tech companies out there, you know, Microsoft, Activision, Facebook, or is it something that companies here uh, maybe listed in the UK? Obviously, we're not as tech heavy as, as in the United States. Is this something they can really uh, take part in and, and, and make a dent in and, and have it as a big part of their business model,
0: absolutely, John. Uh, and it, it's you know this is great news. It's a massive, massive deal. I mean, uh, sixty nine billion, and of course, um, this is about as much as anything else about Microsoft's entry into the metaverse, this incredible in, virtual environment where um, mm-hmm. where people are making these virtual land grabs, and of course, um, gaming, gaming platforms, and gaming, gaming is is all part of the scene here. Um, in terms of technology, yes, it does bode well for UK companies. I mean, we took talk- we spoke uh, recently about BidStack, of course, and you know the fact that they're entrenched now within uh, within the gaming sector with their advertising uh, with a platform that serves advertising to gamers. Um, this is a huge area, so um, so so you know UK technology companies uh, I think are, are very much in the frame for this as well, and we are seeing. We are seeing takeovers in other sectors too. Of course, uh, uh, last year we saw the takeover of Triple I by uh, Aberdeen um, Asset Management for one and a half billion. You know, so so the the smaller deals are still going through. But this is great. You know, it really kicks the year off. And uh, if you wanted something to kick the markets into life and to you know get traders and investors and institutions speculating on the next uh, on the next set of 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 takeovers then you know this this couldn't really be better and it's great for the markets and i think it shows as well that there's huge value in the markets and uh you know as the as the metaverse evolves as gaming technology evolves there's every opportunity of course we've seen a huge uh, jump in the value of esports companies too that's a, a another area and um, yeah it, it's a we're at a very exciting juncture and I think uh, you know if we if we have got Omicron licked as it were and we can we can look forward to uh, normality uh, you know whatever that is nowadays if we can look forward to more normality in terms of travel uh, you know going back to uh, the way we we used to be later in the year then it's a great thing.
1: Indeed. And it's quite interesting that you mentioned that Interact Investors take over by Aberdeen. So it's going to be interesting to see how the metaverse plays out in the financial environment, because, of course, at the moment, it's very much linked to, to gaming and social elements. But is there a metaverse element to, to finance going forward? I think that's probably going to be a topic for another podcast, Alan, because that's a uh, a broad topic that we could spend a lot of time on. So that's, that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out and how it applies to to UK companies, uh, maybe something yeah. we touch on just in the future.
0: Just on that, John, that, that's a very good point. I think you know uh, the metaverse is expanding into into all areas, uh, but I think you know you've got, um, for, for example, Zach Mir is floating Lyft Global Ventures shortly on on Aquis, and that's going to be a vehicle to uh, you know commence consolidation in the in financial technology. So I think a lot of companies will be. Coming to the markets this year, looking for opportunities and seeing opportunities, um, and and raising money. So, so, so this is it's great for the markets. It increases speculation. It brings people into the market, and um, and that's what we need for a healthy market going forward.
1: Indeed, indeed. Of course, a bit of an MA you always gets things uh, things going in the market. Yeah. So, uh, let's go back to probably the biggest news this morning that we're seeing here in the UK. Uh, and this is this is a topic that we've of course touched on in great detail last year, and, it, and it's a, again dominating headlines and markets this year. It's in, in course uh, inflation. This morning we saw a five point four increase in the CPI rate here in the UK. So that's a thirty-year high mm. in inflation. Now this is obviously causing Um, some issues for uh, markets in terms of their expectations for interest rates and what that means for other areas in the economy. Yesterday, we saw uh, some volatility that was very much driven from the United States, the United States tech sector, uh, because we're seeing varying comments coming out from Federal Reserve members and times of how many times They're going to hike rates in 2022. That's caused some volatility. We're seeing bond yields rise, and and that's obviously hit those uh, tech stocks that have maybe been a little bit frothy uh, last year in terms of the valuation. So we're starting to see that trade on one. And that spilled over here into into the UK markets. I mean, when we're looking at that, Adam, we're off slightly today again on on this data. But Mm. I think compared to what we saw yesterday, in terms of the the sell-off i mean when we're looking at inflation here in the uk i mean how much of an impact do you think it's going to be if we see a number of interest rates uh, this is of course a conversation we've had before but i mean what's the impact going to look like on the FTSE 100 given that a lot of the companies operating uh, well included sorry in the FTSE 100 or operating overseas revenues are earned overseas in different economies is this something that if they don't control it at the Bank of England, or they hike too much and it hits the economy, could have a big impact here on the FTSE 100? Or is it something that yes, okay, we take it into consideration, but it's going to be transitory and we need to hike rates anyway, so it's not really much of a news event from a market's perspective?
0: Well, I think it's going to be a, a transitory issue, but uh, but equally, <coughs> excuse me, um, the the Bank of England have to show leadership. Um, of course, we are. Uh, we are in the early stages of brexit so um countries will be looking at the uk to see what we do and to maybe follow our lead so so the bank of england has have to manage the process uh, of higher interest rates and of course uh, you know from an investor standpoint it means financial stocks are going to benefit because uh, because the you know the bank's can earn more money from the from the cash they have on deposit um and we've seen strength in financials in recent days off the back of that but of course um you know we've said before end of furlough schemes companies you know emerging blinking back into the sunlight having had all support during covid and finding that there isn't much of a business there anymore and of course we will see companies go to all off the back of that equally will some companies have flourished during during the lockdown so um so so i think Uh, Yes, more interest rates are likely, but equally, just because the interest rates do go up, it doesn't mean to say that all of the lenders have to pass that straight back to the consumer. Um, And of course, the Bank of England will... Will take, um, you know, a, a, a very pragmatic approach to that, um, uh, with its first interest, of course, being being to protect the to to, to protect the population and and those that are borrowed. So, um, my belief is that, um, yeah, it will be a transitory issue. Um, certainly, uh, financials will benefit, and uh, you know there will be further opportunities for growth in those companies, um, but. I expect good leadership here from the Bank of England managing this process um you know before before we start to see the uh, these the uh, the, the inflational levels start uh, peak and uh, start to reduce
1: indeed indeed i mean it's something that of course is going to Be a main topic in markets going forward because if we start to see record levels of inflation, we don't really know what the unintended consequences are going to be in the economy Mm -hmm. if we have to see central bank action. Um, And of course, you know, as we're seeing, I mean, one of the big elements of the inflation increase uh, this time round was electricity up 18%, gas prices up 28%. And of course, we had a reading yesterday of wages that were only increasing at three point five percent. So that's well below inflation. So that erodes household spending, and that does have, of course, uh, an impact on the uh, on the real economy. So we'll have to see how that filters through to markets. But this plays actually quite nicely into the first stock that we're going to discuss today, and it's Burberry. It's one of the mm. top risers on the FTSE 100 this morning. Now, this is one of the companies they mentioned. Of course, they're seeing uh, their prices inflate like everybody else, but their customer, Alan, is not particularly impacted by rising inflation. The luxury nature of their business means that they're slightly immune from that, but they are uh, impacted by restrictions on tourism. But Looking past it, they've had quite a good set of results, Alan. What do they look like?
0: Yeah, that, it is a good set of results, and uh, and um, you know, Burberry's strategy, of course, is to focus because they are luxury goods. It's they've just focused on full price sales, you know, without uh, discounting, um, um, <laughs> and of course, that's that's really strengthened the brand. <clears throat> it's also strengthened the the balance sheet as well because. Uh, you know, there's an expectation now that you just pay the going rates uh, when you buy Burberry goods. And of course, the, the customer base, their clientele won't be particularly worried. Um, they'll be able to buy online. They can, that they've got the resource to be able to purchase. But of course, you know, when and if we get back to normal and, uh, you know, people are flying all over the world again and, and going to the shops at airports and going to the luxury boutiques uh, in cities around the world, at that point, we're going to see a big surge in Burberry sales. I have no doubt. But even so, uh, in the third quarter, uh, full price sales rose—excuse <coughs> me—rose by twenty six percent. Store sales are still down three uh, percent. But I mean, that's that. You know, given what we've come through, I think that's a pretty good result. Um, and the company says it now expects fully underlying profit to rise by. Thirty-five uh, percent. So you know that's a pretty resilient performance, and that's obviously why I think the market were the market was expecting, uh, uh, you know, operating pro- profits, you know, certainly rise slightly, but not to be up thirty-five percent. So that's a very strong performance. Um, and of course, uh, you know, uh, th- th- there is uh, w- with the inflation that we discussed just now. Um, it does uh, Burberry is still in a better position than many of its competitors because luxury customers aren't really affected by inflation it's not um and if they are affected it's in a positive way because of course they're earning more from their cash on deposit so um so so you know compared to high street names Burberry just have a stronger position so i think it's actually quite a resilient uh, almost it almost offers defensive qualities because because of its uh, the, the nature of the brand and because of the the luxury nature of the products, it almost offers defensive qualities in this market um, compared to say Next or uh, or other other uh, you know sh- should we say mid tier uh, uh, brands. So yeah, a very strong performance, and obviously the shares do pay a dividend just under three percent. So probably. Given this news today, you'd still be buying the stock um, not far off year lows. Shares have traded as high as as £22.60 on the year. So they're currently just over £18.60. So they look very good value at this level.
1: Indeed, indeed. And the market likes it. And they've sent them up about 5% uh, on the day. So actually, looking here, 6%. So they're they're continuing their rally through the day. So very well taken by by the markets there. Another company uh, that uh, is reacting quite well this morning, although not to the same extent as uh, as Burberry, uh, Weatherspoons, the, uh, the bar chain, they're up 1.9%. We did touch on this company previously, Alan, when they gave an update uh, during one of their latest quarters, and of course they mentioned there that they were impacted by restrictions. They've just given us another update. What does that look like?
0: Uh, it's not brilliant. I mean, first half sales fell 13%, uh, like-for-like sales fell 11%. And, of course, the, the government's plan B introduced in December didn't do uh, the group any favours. But, of course, you know, Weatherspoons is very much a, it's a binary punt, really, on uh, with the markets, uh, given where they are. If we're locked down, then, you know, people will drink when they can and they'll probably <clears throat> look to save money. Um, and the great thing about Weatherspoons is, well, no matter where you go in the country, you'll always get a cheap pint, and um, you know that's a that's a major factor in decision making. I know, for instance, in the city, in the Cross Keys on Bishopsgate, John, which I'm sure you know well, you can go in there and still Indeed. get a pint at a very good price, and uh, that's the enduring uh, appeal of Weatherspoons. Um So I think the I think uh, you know we've seen shares jumped by 1 just over 1% this morning so you know it's it's a good i think the market likes the update but given uh the uh, I, I was talking uh, earlier this week about another company revolution bars who are in a similar position they've had to cut back and obviously close bars during the period and when the government made the announcement in mid december shares touched uh, the year low waterspoon well, shares have done very um, exactly the same uh, they've recovered strongly in January, drifting a bit now in the run-up to the trading statement. But uh, I think once the once everything opens back up again, I think we're going to see a very strong, a very strong performance from the group for for the rest of the year because it, it is it's very much a binary punt. You know the the pubs. Uh, you know the, the one thing Wetherspoons do very well is they is is they put or they they locate their pubs. In the areas of, of peak footfall, so they're always full. Um, you know when when conditions are are, are normal. So so I, I don't think I think you know the results today were largely expected. Uh, I mean Tim Martin, long standing chief exec, said uh, of course the ending restrictions improved customer confidence and better weather. He expressed a, a much stronger performance in the second half, and I'm sure we'll see that. You know Omicron is is, you know, consigns COVID to history, as we hope it will, then we're back to normal. And I think, you know, at this level, Weatherspoons looks to offer very good value. Who knows, they could even reintroduce the dividend.
1: Yes, maybe. May and, and indeed, for more adventurous investors that are, that are looking for beaten down stocks that are possibly undervalued with Weatherspoons trading, uh, around nine pounds, um, it does offer the potential for for the returns uh, you know to around that sort of level fifteen sixteen pounds where it spent a lot of t- the time uh, before the uh, the pandemic but of course, this is very much down to restrictions as as you say and people getting back into the pub so it' be interesting to see how that uh, how that plays out and and how much people look through any any negative uh, news of omicron in the short term. So moving on now, Alan, to the final stock that we're going to discuss today. And, and it's one that uh, we, we had a good chat about when they IPO'd uh, last year, I believe. Uh, it's Technology Minerals. So they've got uh, a number of operations. that are very much involved in the circular economy and making sure that uh, – Batteries that could be used for EVs that are recycled, and we don't see a huge amount of waste from them. So they've got different elements to their business. But what's been happening there, Alan? Well,
0: they've had a very strong start of the year. Technology Minerals. Um, the shares are currently trading at just over five p. Um, they they came to market, of course, in November, as you rightly say, at uh, three three point two five p. IPO um, and uh, and the the company have set out quite a unique uh, offering and um re- it's referred to as a circular economy solution and they're the first to market with this um so the the, the we're in the we're in a, a an era now where of course EVs are are commonplace and in the next few years um all new vehicle production will switch purely to EVs and the internal combustion engine will in many ways be consigned to history um and of course that then creates a number of other challenges. So you've got an electric vehicle that um, has gone through its life lifespan; everything's worn out, so the the car's scrapped. But you've got the battery issues to deal with, and the batteries had to be recycled because it's a very potent, potentially dangerous piece of kit. Um, there are um, there are oddball places here and there up and down the UK, but nobody or no company, as of yet, has tackled this on an industrial level and provided the government uh, with a blueprint to um to uh, deal with this in a in a way that meets uh, cop 26 requirements and also of course um does so in a carbon neutral way and what technology minerals have done uh, through their 49.9 owned company recyclers group they um they are will, will in February be opening two uh, recycling plants in um, in in the Midlands uh, in Wolverhampton and um, and um, these plants will uh, through the system that's uh, that's been developed they will take in batteries um, they they've already done a deal with a company slicker recycling and the batteries will be collected uh, bought in battery safe boxes reprocessed um, and this applies of course to not only to uh, lithium ion batteries, but also to also to lead acid batteries, and of course, from that, all the components are recycled and you know the prices, for instance, for some of those um, uh, some of the recycled elements are recycled lead for instance, sells at eleven hundred pounds a ton, uh, plastic sells at two hundred and sixty two pounds per ton acid of course, on the lead acid batteries, eighty pounds per ton. And then uh, what's called the black mass, um, and there, uh, we published an article recently on the brand UK uh, and Novus uh, uh, Communications websites um, about uh, Technology Minerals' recycling blueprint for the electric vehicle and battery industry, um, and there's a picture on there of the black mass that is generated from recycling batteries, and that black mass contains... Uh, battery metals, and of course those battery metals are then recycled and then used again in the production of new batteries. So it's very much a circular economy um, in the recycling in terms of recycling. But what to, to, what Technology Minerals also has is they have five uh, um, mining assets or fine assets or five assets around the world. They have. Um, Several in the US of A in Idaho. They have uh, one in Cameroon, one in Spain, and also a project in Ireland. And these are all for battery metals. Um, these are being developed. We're going to hear news about these over the next few months. But uh, the, the company, um, of course, has been very um, has been very visible over the past uh, few months since, uh, since since the launch. Um, or or, or since the IPO both uh, Robin Brundle the chairman and Alex Stanbury the CEO have appeared on interviews to explain the circular circular economy process Um, and of course uh, they they are addressing this uh, with the mining projects of course bringing new metals, discovering new metals uh, bring them out of the ground putting them into the into the cycle and of course uh, recycling those metals at the end to put them back into the economy again um, and the simple facts are that leading economies around the world simply aren't prepared to tackle these issues because we've seen this burgeoning uh in EV industry and of course the uh the the bat- the, the battery giga factories that spring up producing all these batteries but um there isn't as of yet there isn't a a good system in place um to actually deal with the end of life solution and uh, that is exactly what technology minerals have created um and it's highly cash generative too you know they're going to be making an awful lot of money from the recycling and um, certainly certainly the projections that uh, the company put together for the next few years uh, they're going to accelerate revenues uh, very rapidly they expect to turn over um, just under 10 million in year one, uh, uh, up to 28.5 million year two, 55 million year three, and so on. And that's just based on the uh, the projections they came to market with. And I think, uh, you know, Robin and, and uh, Alex and the team are expecting to do better than that simply because they've raised so much interest in the offering. Um, that, uh, that there are now more opportunities that more opportunities have become available. Um, they also prior to Christmas attended the London EV show, and they're engaged in uh, discussions there with um, the major automotive manufacturers and uh, various government delegates. So it's a very exciting space. It's, it's moving very quickly for technology minerals, and you know we've seen the share price move forward on the back of this. Of course, um, you know it's well up from the IPO price at three point two five It's now. Training over five p, but you know, really, this is just the start. This is going to be absolutely huge.
1: Indeed, indeed. It, just an interesting one here to probably have a look at for for investors in terms of those projections. Adam, wh- where do they foresee the lion's share? Of their revenue coming from and, and, and margins and earnings, because there's a lot going on here with technology minerals. I mean, mm. what particular unit of their business could really be their cash cow going forward? Oh,
0: uh, without a doubt, the recycling. That that's where the cash generative element comes from. Now, if you total together the so so each mining project, so uh, oh. the the mining project in Spain, uh, it's the assets valued at some two million. The uh, licenses in Idaho um, are valued at about ten million. Cameroon is five million, um, and Ireland uh, is three million. So, totally about twenty million. That's just on the mining assets. Um, but the the uh, the recycling from the uh, the deal they've already done with the Slicker Recycling, bringing the plants online, the investment that they made into these plants uh, to 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 uh, you know, recycle recycle the elements of each battery and then of course to put that back out into the market again for the the battery manufacturers that's where the cash is coming from um the year one they won't make a profit they'll make a profit of five million next year 15 million year three and then and then on from there so um so you know the the sky is very much the limit and i know uh, i know as well that uh, of course they're whilst they're the, the company have spoken extensively with the UK government. They're also in talks with government and the automotive industry around the world, and of course, that's the advantage that uh, the chairman Robin Brundle has. He's um, he's a, an automotive uh, expert, uh, um, brother of Martin Brundle, the Formula One racing driver, and they've got connections all around the world, and they're they're using those connections in order to to leverage up the um, the capability to take this blueprint into different countries and to make it work. And of course, you know, you think about. the the amount of batteries Tesla consume every year. And the article that we published um, uh, uh, went back to an article that was out last year, looking at um, Tesla's projections for production. Um, And and it's reckoned that if Tesla go from 500,000 vehicles a year to 20 million, then they would currently consume 30% of the entire global output of nickel. And that's just Tesla, without any of the other companies uh, at all. So the simple fact is there is going to be a price squeeze in battery metals um, going forward. And um, I think technology minerals have the, the most complete offering in the space because they're cash generative from the recycling process. And of course, they have the the assets in the ground to to develop and, and bring to market.
1: Indeed, it's going to be interesting to watch as the year progresses and how their operations and plans uh, Develops, so I'm sure one that we'll be discussing on the podcast again. So, recap of the equities that we discussed today uh, first of all, was Burberry with a ticket of BRBY, it was then Weatherspoons with a ticket of JDW, and just then was Technology Minerals with a ticket of TM1. Alan, thank you for being on the podcast
0: today. Thanks, Jonathan.
1: So, just uh, a reminder, listeners, we have a virtual conference coming up with the AQUIS Exchange, which is on the 8th of February. So, do check out our. Events section and get yourself signed up for that. And we will be having a metals and mining conference as well later in February. So keep an eye out for that. Thank you very much.
0: We hope you enjoyed listening to the UK Investor Magazine podcast. Please do share the podcast. And we really value any reviews and comments you leave us in your chosen podcast player.